Hey, what's up everybody? Harry here. Jen and I are back in 2024 with some new movies to analyze and discuss with our friends. We're very excited to dig into it. This week, we are covering Gerald's Game. It's a little bit older than movies that we tend to tend to go for. We try to keep things pretty current, but we really wanted to cover some Flanagan. Uh, and this is just what we settled on. So Gerald's Game 2017. Uh, it's a good one, though. It's, it's a fun, fun little conversation we had here with Jeff Pichter. Uh, and before we get into it, just want to say, as we begin 2024, super helpful if you all go onto your pod streamer of choice, go ahead and give us a like, a rating, a review, uh, helps with the visibility of the show and keeps us motivated to do the thing. So, uh, here we are, Gerald's game. Thank y'all. Can't wait for what 2024 has in store. I wrote notes. I watched this movie twice and I wrote notes. My Kindle is almost dead and my edible is almost kicking in. Can we please, for the love of God, talk about the movie that we watched? My name is Harry Nichols, and I am a singer-songwriter, I am an English teacher, and I am having just profound uh, intestinal distress from the holiday season, like the likes of which I, I, I don't know if I've ever had before. It's, it's like surely signaling to me that like I'm getting older and I can't keep doing this to myself. Jen? <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, I don't know how to. I don't know how to like follow that. Um, my name is Jen Lightfoot. I'm a tattoo artist, and I am drinking this uh, bourbon cream stuff that my mom brought for the holidays, and it mm. basically tastes like Bailey's, but it's not called that. Speaking so. of intestinal distress, I yeah. mean, well, I have uh, TMI. I'm always constipated, so I need to drink. <laughs> I thought that was the branding on the bottle. Like Bailey's <laughs> Intestinal Distress Edition. Intestinal Distress. Yes. Holiday oh. Edition. Oh, <laughs> uh, you ever drink Bailey's from a shoe? Anyway, oh uh, tonight, Jen and I are ruining the night of one Jeff Pichter. Jeff. Oh, or making the night. Making uh, the night, yeah. Yeah. My, my name is Jeff Pichter. Uh, I'm a voice actor. I'm a teacher. Um... If you ask Harry Nichols, I'm an amateur horror writer myself, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a bartender, which, uh, Jen, to your point, I am drinking. Let me see if I can find this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to show the the camera just so everybody who's listening to the podcast can appreciate it. This mm-hmm. is called Fear the Sunset. It's um, a weapons-grade stout, clocking in at about 16%, and we're going to see if we can get through this whole Six- thing. 16? <laughs> yeah. It's a I didn't know they Hold made on. it this like is... that. Wait, actually, this is for the listeners at home. Ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Oh, that's <laughs> nice. They might as well just call that good night. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, It's very smooth, which is. Yeah. Part. Anyways. Wild. And um, also, I am a practicing member of the Brooklyn BDSM community. So I got some things to say about today's film oh okay, yeah so we brought the right person on. oh yeah yes <laughs> oh yeah 
And hang on real quick. I'm also I'm going to um I'm going to eat this little friend. We're going to mm-hmm. we're going to start the show on in New York City and we're going to finish it on the moon. So bottoms <laughs> up. Here we go. Buckle up, everybody. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> Jeff, in, in all the time I've known you in in, you know, the years. So so short sidebar, Jeff and I were in an acapella group in college called Ithacapella. We became very good friends. And all the time I've known you in all of I was the a, I was a virgin. In all of the sex we've had, uh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I've never known that you were you were a card carrying member. I, I was not when I was nineteen. I can tell you that. <laughs> I see. Okay, gotcha. So the New York City, the big city's really it's really changed you. Yeah, actually, I would say. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Uh, for the better. Seems good. Harry, did you know that? Did you know this at all, Harry? I clearly did not. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it's that's this is this is absolutely perfect because today we are talking about Gerald's game, yes. which is it's a it's a little bit of a change for us. We usually try to keep things like super current, but we really, really, really wanted to do some Flanagan, and we had some back and forth about which Flanagan to do, and this is where we settled. So, uh, yeah, your, obviously, this is a placeholder episode. So you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna go back, you're gonna watch the fall of the House of Usher, which is that's what right. we should be doing, and then you can go back and just delete. Everything mm-hmm. that we talk about tonight, stick that episode in. That's right. And we'll, we'll be we're back. Gonna re- we're we're going to re-record an episode. We're going to totally rewrite history after you finish the, we're gonna the retcon. greatest work of horror of the year 2023. So uh, enjoy this, listener. This is a, an episode that is soon to be retconned. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we do tonight matters. Nothing we do tonight matters. No, but I feel like the end of this episode is going to be real great. It after. might be. It yeah. might be intolerable. I don't want to. Any- <laughs> All right. We usually we usually make our guests summarize the film. So, yeah. Jeff, can you summarize Gerald's game for us? So here we go. Um, from the top of my head, Gerald's game, a uh, story of a couple trying to refresh their marriage, goes to their uh, remote summer home in an attempt to play at some bondage gamery when in the pinnacle moment, the husband dies on top of his wife, leaving her to the horrors of the darkness of the lonely room and her own psyche. Yes. Great Were description. You re- yep. Did you read that? Were you reading that right now? Did, just like off no. the... No. <laughs> then impressive, <laughs> impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we're trying something uh, format-wise a little a little bit different here, uh, where before we've kind of just like torn at, you know, just like had a big dog pile on the movie. Like I, mm. I would, I'm wondering if we can all kind of just go around um, and just give give like a quick analytical take. Like what what do you feel like are the like the big mm. themes of the movie? Um, and Jeff was just on the spot, and I feel like I've been facilitating this. So now I'm going to put Jen on the spot. <laughs> oh man, you know my notes were not really about big things. It was mostly about things that annoyed me. Ooh. So okay. uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to uh, make those things that annoyed me into big picture. <laughs> okay. Um, so one thing that annoyed me and. I don't know how you'll feel about this, Jeff. Uh, I felt like I was. I felt like the film might have been a little kink shamey overall, uh, or not true to BDSM in some ways. I also felt like uh, 
this is more the end of the movie as opposed to the rest of it but i guess you could argue with her hallucinations but that's not that's not where this is coming from um mental illness uh so those are the the two that i can think of over the um frustrations i found within the movie <laughs> i think this those are legit i mean this is a stephen king movie but it's 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 from a book from the 90s i believe right Some, yeah, because I'm he wrote I think he wrote this one and Dolores Claiborne, which is like a companion novel around the hmm. same time. I'm reading Dolores Claiborne right now with my wife. Oh. We are we're chucking the same book like back and forth at each other. Oh, nice. So um, I have not read Gerald's game, but from what I've seen, this is and almost in some points to its detriment, very loyal to the book. I yeah. read that it was very loyal too, like to the point where it hurt the movie at the end. Yes. Jen, I, th I th we could do a whole podcast on the Act Five of this movie, but mm -hmm. totally, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, so something else that was on my mind as we we're getting through this movie is keeping in mind because I, I mean, I knew that it was kind of like a, a dated book, um, and in the '90s, something that was like a, a, I think a little bit more socially accepted than it is now was the idea of just kind of like you know just like a, a, a white dude telling stories about you know things that don't really affect white dudes statistically all that much you're like like mm. uh like i don't know just so this is very much a story about like sex abuse about um you know uh like sort of male um violence against women's bodies and so something that was really much like very much on my mind was like the idea of you know this is like a story that came from stephen king so like is is this really like a valid story for him to be telling like or you know or does he do it justice i i don't know like there are, i i definitely hear jen your your critique of the of the kink shaming and and all of that stuff i also thought that I was detecting like a lot of with, especially with the final act that we were alluding to with um, this guy who turns out to be like, just this like serial killer. Like there's definitely something kind of like ableist about it too. And I don't know, Jeff, am I, am I just, am I wrong? Am I off base? What do you think? I don't, I mean, um, as, as a, as a heterosexual white male, uh, it, you know, I, I enjoyed this movie very much. Like I've got, it was my, it was my recommendation for the show tonight. Mm. Um, I think as far as the, the kink shamey stuff, I did not get a kink shame feeling from this. Um, I got a, this is exactly how you don't do BDSM. And this is exactly why. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think that's valid. I, I saw this and I was like, Oh wow. Like we have, no discussion of limits, no discussion of safe words, no discussion of um, parameters of the game, no discussion of role play. Like, and right, look right. what happened. Yeah. Like, no, right. nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, right. We're using real handcuffs for crying out loud. <laughs> like, there, there's a lot of big kink reg flags right at the beginning. And I right. think that is not meant to be shamey. I don't, I never got a isn't this gross and weird and bad and these people mm. deserve exactly what they got. I didn't mm -hmm. get that at all. I got, um, this guy's an asshole 
that's the whole point. Men are rapey assholes, and that's and it's bad. Like I got a lot of um, like themes of misogyny and rape culture. There's a whole life support joke that I would love to talk oh. about that um, mm-hmm. you know I think is very central to a bunch of things. But I never felt like oh this is really like anti kink or anti what yeah. like it just felt like this is a this is a do- a guy who has dominated his whole life and he's dominated his wife and he's dominated the courtroom and he's just doing another dominating thing because he's always gotten away with it and it's always gone his way and it's always up oh, you're dead yeah but the only representation of bdsm is through him and I don't think there should be anything wrong with, if done correctly, with safe words and boundaries, like you said, a rape fantasy, which I'm going to get canceled for that. I know that. No, <laughs> I got canceled in the last like, episode. No, if there's full consent, <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, 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 the first C in C in C, consensual non-consent, is the one that gets the capital. Like, that's, and it was not... It no. was not there. It yeah, is, yeah. It was yeah. not there. And well, they clearly don't communicate in the movie. Like they're in a toxic relationship even before. Right. Like she never told him she was raped by right. her dad, which feels a little like cliche or just a little simplistic, mm. in my opinion, plot wise. Wait, can you say what's cliche about that? What What do you mean? It just feels like oh, like I don't know. Like it was like. You know, she's with her husband and it's like, oh, it's kind of like he's raping me. Oh, but my dad raped me when I was younger. I feel like there's all these like narratives of like trauma with women, but written by like straight white men of like. Right. And then they were raped when they were younger, which is there are many great stories about that, too. But at the same time, it just felt like, is Stephen King the person to write this? Like the whole idea at the end with the eclipse and the sun, like, oh, we need the sun to come out. It just feels like. It feels very trite to me, the writing. Uh, to speak to your like trite, you, the, the idea that this all felt very trite, you, you, like my. The, oh, no, the I just most... meant that one line. <laughs> oh, got you. <laughs> I was just ha- then, got you. I then yes, <laughs> then yes, I agree. But also, I think that the there was like a f- maybe a minute and a half, like series of shots, really close to that where they really just like hit you over the head with like the connections between like the father and the husband and the mm. the serial killer that were just was that, that the, was the was, most loathsome section for me where it was, was just that like the uh, the face the face swapping montage with the there serial was, killer guy at the end yeah that was not the moment. It was like okay. the moment where he was like, you know, my dad put me in these handcuffs and then I chose these other handcuffs in the form of a wedding ring. And like, oh. we see the guy. Oh, put in the oh wedding and ring. she's like, the wedding time. ring was like, uh, it was like comfort, but it was also a handcuff. And yeah, his, it was like, his, his, what was the, his cuffs, his cuffs were, were control or something. And you mm-hmm. traded those for comfort or something like yeah that. that's yeah. it that's the line that's the exact that's the line the i could wedding say. ring is not necessarily comfort and clearly not with your husband not for like, her yeah absolutely yeah. anyway <laughs> i liked it i mean i don't i mean i don't like <laughs> that's the episode we're done here peace out <laughs> guys, um, <Best> transition. <laughs> guys like thank you so much this was a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> oh
Um, I, it's so I am I am a big King fan, and I, mm. I get to, I get torn up about about um, like whose stories are whose to, to write because I feel like you know writers like King like they've written so many books and there's mm-hmm. only so many th- like once. Once you start looking at like, well, you know, should his char- like should his characters be black? Should his characters have mm-hmm. uh, a past of sexual trauma? And if like he has not experienced these things, then do his stories that go into this invalidate them? And then if so, right. like, where are like you narrow down the border to experience versus what can you write about? And um, I just I don't know as a enjoyer of fiction, I don't know where mm. that boundary for me lies. Yeah. Um, this movie did not did not ring any bells for me. I watched it mm. once by myself. Um, then we we when I say we, I just mean my wife and I. Uh, yeah. Oh, we not the royal in, we. Not the royal we <laughs> by any stretch of anybody's imagination. But yeah. then, like, we started getting into the Flanniverse thing, and I was like, "Hey, if you got an evening, check out Gerald's game. It's the first thing of his that I saw." Hmm. And so she watched it. She loved it, and then we watched it together. And her experience, and when we were watching it together, it was like this was a ton of fun. Let's read Dolores Claiborne, mm. which is a novel. And again, right. companion novel, so it it covers separate, it covers similar themes from a different narrative. Mm-hmm. I did hear um, about that about Del- what is it called again? I'm going to get Dolores Claiborne. Dolores Claiborne, and I'm enjoying that. And the entire thing, it is a it is a novel that's hundreds of pages, and it is a chapterless monologue, sing like first person spoken monologue by a woman. Wow. And like I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh um, how many pages are we talking here? God, it's in my backpack, but it's probably 400, 450, something up there. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a big like when you picture a chunky Stephen King novel yeah. with that big red text from the 80s on the book <laughs> on the used bookshelf, like it's up it's big. It's not it big, but okay. it's it's big. Enough. Yeah. And I mean no chapters. That's no page breaks it just it just goes so mm. uh it's interesting is that a valid story for him to write i haven't finished the book yet but like yeah if it's not then okay he he's only gonna write stories about straight white men in maine like i don't i again i don't know where those <laughs> lines I don't I don't know where those, is... there's only so many recovering cocaine addict stories that I could read from one. Other. Right. No, I do agree with you because it's hard. To, what is that line? Um, I just think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes mm-hmm. King, I think it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Like yeah. he wrote about Carrie. I think Carrie is great. The book is really similar to the movie. It actually works well for a movie and a book. Misery is awesome. Um, there's a pretty cool female villain in that. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes I don't like it. Um, I'm I'm in a min- minority there in the world. Um, and that's a moment where I don't think it works. But, like, I feel like sometimes he's on point, sometimes he's not. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the gender or race of the characters. It just mm. has to do with him and his writing. But that's just me. I'm not a huge King fan. I like a lot of it. 
seen more of the movies than read the books probably it's but. really hard for me to not send us down an it rabbit hole right now <laughs> but the thing that i wanted to say is that I, I feel like stephen king might also represent like a bit of an anomaly in a lot of what would be those rule like those rules um because of just how like relentlessly prolific he is um mm. and and over decades and decades you know as a creative person myself mm -hmm. if i just felt this like incredible drive to make stuff um yeah. you don't want to make the same thing over and over again <laughs> the other thing i will say in his defense like the other thing i will say in his defense is that i i do know that at times he has been like sort of a uh, like a carefully researched author hmm. um like often, you know, like talking to people with these experiences to try to relay those experiences, like whether that qualifies the nature of what he's doing, I don't know. I kind of feel like I can't really say, but to me, it it does feel better to mm -hmm. to feel like he's like consulting people, you know. Like he's out doing the research for it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like he's like tr he's like not trying yeah. to pretend like he knows what it is. He's like trying to see other I, people. And, I think that yeah. does kind of change it. Also, you said he's very prolific. He writes. He has so many fucking books. Oh, I like think so many books. Yes, and like as an artist, like I feel like if I put everything out there in the world, not all of it's going to be good. I feel like he has I a think, lot so like because and, he, and not all of stephen king's work is good let me tell you jen <laughs> well, I, i'm look i think that's i think that's why i love reading him so mm -hmm. much i mean you can take reading in quotes i listen to audiobooks like sue me but i <laughs> that's it man I, you're done i'm done i'm, this is done. Over. I'm just supposed <laughs> funny enough harry and i were english majors in uh in ithaca together i never read a single thing i'm totally illiterate <laughs> And I, uh, I've just listened to every single thing that you know Jim Swafford ever assigned me. No, so, did you? Thanks. You really did. You really never read a book, or did you? Are you fucking around? Yeah, dude. No, I've I read I read probably okay. a <laughs> solid thirty percent of the pages that I was assigned in my education. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but nice. no, to sorry, back to back to the important stuff, which is Stephen King, um, and why I love him. There's a there's a part of my gambler addiction itch that I love because there are so many hits and so many misses. Mm. Like I will go into a King book and I'm like, I genuinely have no idea if I'm going to enjoy the ending of this book or not. <laughs> like I, yeah. you know, I read like it loved the ending of it. Um, love. You're the also, you're the only writing. person in the world who feels that way, but continue. I'm sorry. Like it was, it was like they, they tidied up some things in the new movie and they, and they made some things different, but it was like a, a book, a, a 1200 page book is like, this is not going to end like perfectly satisfactorily. It was the end of what it was. But then like I read under the dome, what a dog shit last two <laughs> chapters. Oh my God. It was the. It was awful. It was like the tritest, weirdest, like, oh, fuck, the publisher's calling. Like, I need <laughs> sucked. And so every time I hit play on a new King audiobook, I'm like, rolling the bones. And Here I we go. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. So that's, that's great. That's maybe why, like, I genuinely, and, you know, again, 
straight white male confession here. I genuinely loved the first four acts of this film. Mm. Um, I was I was truly riveted, and there was some hokey moments, and there was some lines that were a little silly, and I was like, you know what? I can forgive that because it's a film, it's art, it's whatever. Act five hit. Oh my god, you took a riveting, humorless, you know, real good thriller, and you turned it into a straight to TV Hallmark holiday special in no time. It yeah. was astonishing. Yeah. It's quick, like quick. a five-minute section of the movie. It Wait, was... so it's actually the last fifteen minutes. Oh, it's brutal, and it it <laughs> chugs it on. She starts writing the letter to herself. Yes. Oh my yeah. god, the letter! Oh what my god, doing with this letter and like, and I started a charity, and it's really good, and I, you know, and I like, and I... oh no, I tell mm-hmm. the story every day as she goes into this courtroom. Yes, <laughs> she goes the fact that courtroom. she isn't tased to a pile of <laughs> dust, that is like walking into Rudy Giuliani's court. Like, it's like the biggest, most high-profile court case. And you're like, I'm going to walk up to the perp and not get absolutely just, oh, like, my right. God. Like, you could there were so many ways to redo that ending. There's so <laughs> sure. many ways to even could have if- put her in the gallery and, like, maybe he turns around and, like, picks her out of the crowd. You could have done that. You could have put her on the sidewalk and when he's out, you could have done any number yeah, of things. Yeah. She walks through the Down press. the aisle. <laughs> no security. Down the aisle. None. Yeah. I would wow, talk about um and then, what and then what it? destruction of your of your um suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. Shattered. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then all that way well, hang on, Jeff. And then all of that <laughs> all of that for such a nothing burger of a moment like just like you know he like turns around he says the thing that she said to him and then she says i thought you were bigger and then she just Mm -hmm. like walks out like a fucking badass and puts glasses on and and, like saunters down the street and And, like that made me very much dislike the movie Uh, i mentioned earlier the mental illness thing so at the end uh, we've got the serial killer character who has, ac- I'm not going to say this right, acro... Ac- acro- right, he's got some, yeah. Acromeglia? Acro- yeah, that's, I think that's Pituitary problem? Yeah, but this disease uh, is purely physical. It happens to people later in life, usually between 30s and 50s. I looked this up. Google defines it as a hormonal disorder that develops when your pituitary gland produces too much growth hormone during adulthood. Nowhere, and I looked this up, does it imply mental illness. But when he talks, he sounds like a child, almost implying that he has some kind of mental disease. And the fact that he's a serial killer there, I don't see any point of him being in the movie. And I assume he's in the book. And if he is, uh, this is why I wrote down that Stephen King this, but um, I think it basically Stephen King wants to make a monster out of a terrible disease, like a really, Mm. really I don't see anything horrifying in it. I see it as like, I don't get offended easily at all, like at all, (laughs) like, I'm the person who said women can't hold chainsaws and the other thing and almost got canceled. Yeah, that was um, the last they can, episode. Yeah. They can, just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear, they can. It's just the director um, thinks they can't, but continue. Yeah. But <laughs> I I really was like kind of mad about it. Like it really, I found it very upsetting um, that it was just let's use this deformity and he's a monster now. 
I guess that's that's something that really offended me too, Jen. Um, and, and I was trying to put my finger on it as far as like when I was referring to like something kind of ableist um, mm -hmm. in the movie, and it it really feels it, it feels out of the 1950s you know it feels it's really like regressive like elephant like elephant man yeah but even like elephant yeah. Man but even part. that's like even that's like not that mm -hmm. it feels really regressive and and i think it almost kind of it it counteracts a lot of the thematic material that i think that the movie is setting up i think that the movie sets up a lot of the characters as representations of masculine violence against women um you've got obviously the husband you've got the dad you've got the dog you've got the uh but, but then you've got the moonlight man and uh, and i liked it better before again before act five um imagining that it was just uh, a figment of her imagination you know like if, if it had stayed that way I would have been good with it, you know, like it, it, it would have made sense to me. It's like, it's like the most sort of meta version of that idea, right? It's very hulking. It's huge. It's imposing. It, you know, um, appears at night when you're most vulnerable and you're not even, you know, functional. Um, but it, yeah, the fact that they turned, that they, it turned out to be like an actual person with a real disability um yeah it it really sits kind of sour for me i don't know it's it's bad i i i saw them as like like the monster creation was i want to say like it was coincidental like the the mental illness is not connected to the physical illness um there was so much narrative letter writing exposition in that last bit like <laughs> It would have been nice to have a little line that just says like that, you know, mental illness is isn't connected to this disease. But this guy happened to have a twofer like, <laughs> a you know, twofer. one line in 15 minutes wouldn't have hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. So no, much of that shit they're anyway. already. Yeah, they're already doing so much. Oh, like, <laughs> like the, the, the gratuitous, the gratuitous. Let me break the fourth wall at the end of the movie. The ship had sailed like. You could sneak something in like that. I don't, mm -hmm. I I never got the sense of like, we're trying to paint acromegaly or uh, as it used to be called, I think elephantitis, like this is a bad mentally debilitating thing as well. I think it was just mm. like, look at how both of these things coalesced in one individual and now he's this uh, Ed Gein version in this movie because he's the the actual guy's based on ed gein which but is it, it felt more like a rob zombie character thrown into a serious drama mm. i don't think that you can have a very minor minimal character give him that kind of deformity and say that the public isn't seeing him as a monster unless you that's what the movie's about and that's not what the movie was about even when she goes up to him in the court and suddenly sees ugh, the stupid face change face montage like, oh her god yeah her husband and then her dad <laughs> and i was like so he's the same as them because when he's talking it seems like he should get off on being mentally ill because he's talking kind of like a child mm -hmm. so i don't think that those people are comparable because they knew what they were doing
there, right. there's an interesting uh so if you if you see any more of Flanagan's work, he loves to recast the same people. Oh, I've like seen all of them. Tons. Okay, good. Including so you've seen the House of Usher. Okay. Oh, so mm -hmm. you did see. Okay, great. Did you so did you see Doctor Sleep? I did I love Mike Flanagan. My two least favorite movies by Mike Flanagan. I even love like like the early ones. Mm -hmm. um, like Oculus is fantastic. I, I haven't seen I, that one. Oh, I have not it's seen. So good. I do not like Doctor Sleep and this one. I, I want them to be his. Boy, weakness. I'm 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 like here or there about Doctor Sleep. I was looking for something and I don't know, but the mm -hmm. it wasn't there. But that's not that's not my point. My point is the. Uh, in Doctor Sleep, there's I'm there's a character who plays like Grandpa, so and so or whatever. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that's the same actor as the Moonlight Man, hmm. and he's already tall, hulking. His eyes are very sunken. He's just an extremely interesting looking guy. You could have just had him. It didn't have to have anything to do with sure. Acromegaly. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. He's just a good cast. Like you could have just cast him and and like That's true, and, but and then stop and then stop. Yeah, they had to be like, but it's this. Like they yeah. had to like say what the disease was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We watched we watched uh again the royal the royal we um Kelsey <laughs> and I, uh watched Gerald's game and then Doctor Sleep in the same night. Cause we were like, I don't know. It's early. Like let's do another one. <laughs> and that's it. So we, we back to back to his absolute C string line in a single <laughs> night, uh, him Flanagan, um, and kind of King actually weirdly. I well, listen, I was going to say, I, you know, I feel like I know the through line here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like we saw this guy, we saw this actor in, in Dr. Sleep and I'm going to eat my shorts. If it's not the same actor, like I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm if sure I'm being, no, I'm sure if I've got this much conviction and I'm wrong. So <laughs> apologies. Uh, but it was like, wait a minute. Where? Why did we need so much makeup budget? Mm. Like that wasn't the hand scene enough for a makeup budget? Like that we didn't need more. In Damn! Uh, all right, hang on. Let's wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Has Everybody relax. Read Gerald's game, by the way. Has I haven't. Read it? I have not okay, read no. the book. So, <laughs> okay, I was told this was kidding. a. I was told this was a movie podcast oh yeah but i no. don't think we've talked about the movie yet <laughs> i think we've only talked about the book that no one's read well it, we did read that it was very close to the book there you go yes <laughs> uh but already i'm seeing uh in dr sleep bruce greenwood is also in dr sleep mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh let's see here and you're right carl striken oh thank goodness god i would have felt like such an asshole no. I'm like this other tall guy with a big forehead is definitely the same actor. I've never seen a tall person like that before in my life. <laughs> that is him. Okay, phew. In, in a bunch of makeup. Mm. He doesn't even need makeup. I that's feel what like. I'm. That's what we yeah. said. We yeah. were like, really? I, I agree with you. Yeah. For, yeah, for it to like work with the metaphor with the movie, he didn't need to have. Well, and I guess that's kind of the thesis of this whole segment is just that like he didn't need 
he didn't need the disability to right. to like work with the narrative of the movie. It didn't make sense, right? I was wondering Indeed. if that happened, does it like the disease in the book, and then Mike Flanagan just took exactly what was in the book. That's to gotta movie. be it. I feel like if you add a disease into a movie that wasn't in the source material, <laughs> that is inexcusable. That is not something I feel like a director or a writer of this caliber right. would do. That no, just worse. feels so <laughs> weird. Mike Mike Flanagan's The Shining is going to be about alcoholism and shingles. Ooh, Alcohol, I... shingles and a boiler. Ooh, <laughs> a boiler. yeah. We, I, rewatching rewatching Doctor Sleep because I did I did read I read The Shining I watched The Shining, I read yeah. Doctor Sleep I watched Doctor Sleep and when Ewan McGregor uh, Danny Torrance you know, runs downstairs to the boiler. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that was such a thing in oh, the, the Shining book because it's yeah. like utterly erased in, in the In the movie, film, yes, it, it is, it's, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's not a thing in the movie, yeah. It's not a thing, and that film. was like a constant haunting Jack Torrance demon. But totally. anyways. Well, and such a representation of his... All Rage. right, here we go, here we no, go. No, wait, this is not a Shining podcast. I still want to talk about <laughs> Gerald's game. That's why I'm here. I wrote notes. I watched this movie twice, and I wrote notes. My Kindle is almost dead, and my edible is almost kicking in. Can we please, for the love of God, talk about the movie that we watched? I do want to get more into like movie stuff, like a like a movie thing or two. Oh, oh. After after a second watch of this, there were there were bits and pieces of movie dumb that I appreciated. Um and like little images and things like for instance, there's a there's a bit where right at the beginning like the items are being laid out. And Harry, I don't know how many times you've watched this one. Just only one. once only Just once one. so so seeing it a second time you know the she lays out her nightgown and mm. it's in exact position to her pillows as like where she's going to be trapped and then the cuffs are put into the bag and it's all part of the same montage and it's all during a song that she was initially uh molested at initially assaulted at by her father that was on the radio during the eclipse and that right. song continues the montage and then it gets into the car and she's like, stop calling yourself daddy. Later in the film, the sundress, which is a symbol we haven't talked about, but the mm. sundress is taken off and laid out in the exact same place on her bed as the nightie. Mm. So little stuff, like there's just little details like that. I enjoyed the little nods that allows a smooth brain audience like myself to look at and be like, aha. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. That's a symbol. That's meaningful. Like that is just, it's just a little bit of a, a visual through line. I like, I like the same thing too. Uh, you know, there was a lot to do with like circles, right? You know, the handcuffs, the wedding rings, the solar eclipse, the, the, you know, the, the lot of circular imagery to represent, you know, like captivity and but for me it's like i'm like okay but but does all that lead us to something more profound does it does it convey uh, like a a deep thematic message like i don't know it's nuance it's cool but like does it contribute to much hmm 
I get it. I I see what you mean with the circle motif. I did not get that as a salient point that a director was making. Um, or if it was one that didn't need to have a meaning or did that even did. Mm. So I guess the answer to your question is no. But the mm. circle motif actually extends to the poster to the movie poster on Netflix. Oh, which is a silhouette, and then there's a circle behind it. So it must have, I mean, I know it's meant to be the eclipse, which why doesn't she go blind when she looks at the eclipse? Because like, she's why? looking at it through the, through the vice, through the thing. He, he gives the her the, time. yeah, yeah. She, 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 he, he, he makes her, no, she like looks up she from it. it. She looks down, she pulls it away from her eyes at one point. Oh. Is she still looking up? I believe so. Ooh, then that's a directorial. That's a directorial mistake. But that's I would a, have to watch it again. I'm pretty sure because it was movie. annoying me. <laughs> it's annoying me now. Perhaps a medical myth. I mean, you 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 can look at the sun, you know, for glimpses and things without going completely blind. Why but... is the eclipse thing a blind? Like I never figured that out. Googled it too, and it said you'd go blind, but, but no why? answers were given is to it, me. Is it because you only? get a little bit more light at a time as the eclipse retracts and so your eyes kind of like quote unquote get used to it but your retinas still get cooked are you saying why does looking at the eclipse directly blind you is that your question yes oh i don't know sorry so let's get let's get our ratings jen do you want to go first Sure. Um, I think everyone's expecting my rating to be low, so I gave it. I wavered back and forth, mm. honestly. I wavered back and forth between a two and a three. Is that an all time very low? <laughs> That's it the is lowest, lowest you've ever given. But I'm going to wow. go with a three because I liked some of the earlier parts of it but yeah i'm gonna give it a three it's 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 lower than cocaine bear but to be fair i should have given cocaine bear a slightly lower score but oh, you so know it's not quite the worst that's low af so so jen if you could just i mean i know that we've kind of like talked about this for the whole podcast but can you just kind of encapsulate in a sentence or two why that lower rating mm. an ending is an ending can either make or break a movie for me. Mm-hmm. So the first part of a movie can be like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. But then if the ending is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, I don't want to watch it again because mm. I don't want to put myself through an hour and a half of that. So in this case, the last 15 minutes, I've, I've seen the movie twice, ruined it for me both times i saw it like a couple years ago and then mm. i watched it today and uh, what a trooper more than two sentences um <laughs> i was like uh oh the ending that's why i didn't like this movie so, <laughs> oh, yes yeah. but the whole time i was like this is great what's happening and i was like no this is terrible <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. that's why all right i'll go next I, i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it like a five i i it's just uh, you know for most of it i i I could get down with most of it. Of course, that final act was absolutely dreadful. Uh, that there was a lot of deduction for that. Um, but you know, really, I was just mostly kind of bored. 
to be perfectly honest with you, I, I felt like maybe, and this is because just like the kinds of movies that I watch, I, I feel like I had seen a lot of the like, because like so much of this movie is about like the you know, quote unquote here, uh, the clever shots that set up the means by which she slowly escapes her confinement. Um, but I've seen so much of that shit. And so like when I see, for instance, the husband get on top of her and uh, we have a close up shot of him placing that water cup on that high shelf, I'm like, okay, well that's significant. You know what I mean? And 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 we hear her talking about you know, how she just bought this slip and she takes off the, the tag. I'm like, okay, well, this is significant. And so, like, I feel like what a lot, a lot of what was supposed to feel clever about this movie for me um, actually just felt kind of, kind of trite. And like, I'd seen it before. Things I liked about it, I, you know, I genuinely, I liked the Moonlight Man before we knew what the Moonlight Man actually was. Um, I like the dog as a metaphor for masculine violence on women. I, I think that that's really powerful. I think it's really nuanced in the fact that she kind of like, she tries to be nice to it and she tries to like feed it and nurture it. And it like fully takes advantage of that and becomes this very ominous presence just like lurking at her feet. Like I like those things a lot. Um, but yeah, and and of course, I mean, I, 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 I can't not like the scene where she uh, cuts herself to get out of Oof. the handcuff, it, which was just like, I was, I was like shouting to myself. <laughs> there was nobody else. Like, I skipped I, that part for the second watch. I was like, I know what happens. I know yep. what it looks like. And you know what? Props to the makeup department for doing That's that. That's right. No, good it job. looked good. Are, it looked, it looked good. And you know, moving I've, through. And I've seen a lot of gore, you know, and, and I don't always have that visceral reaction. So, like, that was good. Um, but, yeah, yeah, just like an eh, overall five. Um, so I approach movies differently than you guys when I'm, like, trying to rate something. Mm. Um, so full up, I'm going to give this movie, maybe if 10 is, like, you have to watch this or you don't actually know what pop culture is going to be for the next 10 years, and one is, like, this isn't even a movie. Um, <laughs> you know, I would, I would put this somewhere around like a seven. I, okay. I really did enjoy this movie and I enjoyed it for things we haven't touched on, except Harry, you touched on it a little bit with like the cup of water, the tag, but in the opposite direction. I, oh, you like those things. I like those things. I am not, um, I'm not terribly bright. Uh, <laughs> boy i'll say <laughs> um no uh i look i don't like when hints are too subtle and mm. then a director comes around and is like haha that thing that you that we very much camouflaged and you missed you idiot audience it's important no I want the cogs of the machine to be visible from a cinematic mm. point of view. I want to go back as I'm watching something and be like, oh my God, yes, the glass. So like hearkening back to my theater days and like taking direction class, like 
You want those things to be visible so that the audience feels like they're in on it. You don't want to. I again, this is me as a as a a very very Neanderthal smooth brain cinema goer. <laughs> um, you know, I I don't want those things to be camouflaged because I don't want to be Sherlock Holmesing my way through these movies. I want to mm. be in on it from the beginning because I want to be like, oh my god, the glass of water. Two seconds before she goes, the glass of water. I want to be two steps ahead, and I want to be led to those two steps ahead so that I feel like I am a participant in the story instead of being dragged along by the nose. Mm, okay. And so I don't mind when it's obvious because it makes me feel like, oh, I have been getting everything, so I am on board. Mm. Um B-O-A-R-D, not B-O-R-E-D, like Harry was. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or Jen. Um, so I like that. Also, as an actor, I'm looking at this from a performance perspective. And I love Carla Gugino. Agree. 100%. I, I, I think that is the reason, the reason why I like this movie. I think she's awesome. And I mm. don't know why she's not a household name. I don't know why she is not A-list. I don't know why she is not every... No, I do know why. It's because she's in every goddamn Flanagan project, one banger after another, and she can't do anything else because she's working with him all the time. Mm. But I love this film as a showcase of her, how she can be multiple facets uh, multiple diverse facets of a single character in literally the same frame. And I truly enjoyed her performance. I truly enjoyed Bruce Greenwood's performance. I think he's great. I think they probably could have filled his abs in a little bit with some of that moon man makeup. Because <laughs> no one, no one at his age with a six pack like that is dying uh, of anything that has to do with your heart. No. That's Holy so true. Shit. Oh man, but <laughs> that's the most. That's more miscast to me than like that took it out more for me than the Moon Man. Like the Moon Man, I was like, what a dumb horror trope at the end of the movie. Who is supposed to be scary for people who don't watch horror movies? The moment he took off his shirt, I will say yes. I was I like, there is no way in hell this man is not climbing Mount Everest next year i like, i said the same that? thing i listen man it it took me out of the movie for a he's second so how fucking cut that dude he's is so like, hot it's oh unbelievable. my god i can't stand it my mic is like redding out right now so I'm, <laughs> i am peaking bruce bean bruce greenwood i'm fucking peaking you're over peaking here. you know so in, in terms of audio and, and sexually like yeah. it's just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for the viewers at home, we're just in Zoom windows, and I am definitely fully clothed from um, up, as far as Harry and Jenkins. So, on that note, should we? There's not that many people in this movie, but should the, we do hottest? We should do the hottest, and I'm gonna yeah. say Bruce Greenwood. I mean, that's Hot, oh. there's no reason there's no reason that a man his age should. So I've heard that I've heard of this. So um, forgive me, forgive me for this crassness, but that uh, there's a muscle. That not many people have, but it's like that. It's an abdominal muscle. Are you going like to say cum gutters on your own podcast? <laughs> All right. That's say right. Say cum gutters, Harry, on your podcast. God damn it. You've never you stole heard of my cum thunder. You stole my thunder. Yeah, that's the, you that's asked the muscle. You me on the show to be a guest. I'm sorry. If you and Jen want to talk about cum gutters by yourself, then you can copy me off. You're the editor of this Zoom call, dude. If you want to talk about cum gutters with Jen on your cum gutters podcast, 
then you can just turn me off. Mute me. I don't give a shit. I, but but you, what's your opinion on cum gutters? Fuck yes, cum gutters. <laughs> cum gutters, the movie, gets a full 10 because the all one through five acts phenomenal. Phenom- There's no low point in that film. It never gets boring. And let me tell you, I was on board from start to finish. Holy shit, we have kicked in, boys and girls. This is the G off that you got on this podcast. This is who you asked to be on here. This is great. Oh my god, I'm this crying. Great. Okay, but I'm oh, okay, sorry. But do you sorry, also sorry. think he's the back, hottest? I'm. Do Are I think? Do I him? think Cum Gutters Bruce Cum Gutters Greenwood is the hottest? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's so <laughs> hot. I'm going Carla Gugino. Is that her name? Carla Gugino. Yes. Yeah. She's also. She's. I mean. I'm, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. I don't but, want the six pack. It's but those Cum Gutters. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's Dude, the name of this episode. I saw <laughs> I saw Usher first and like she is bafflingly hot episode after episode, persona after persona. Like that scene in episode one right before they liquefy the orgy. Oh my God. Like she's so hot. Harry's like looking around like he, they do what? You got it. It's not a spoiler. It's an episode <laughs> Sorry, one. So, say what? Uh, no, I I need, I need to check it out. I yeah, I need to check it out. But I just I just think for empirical hotness. Yeah. Like eh, wow, what a silver fox. I'm it's sorry. It's weird, man. It's it's it feels you know what it is? It's because it it feels supernatural. It's the fact that he's his age and so fucking cut. It feels yeah, it feels super it feels weird. Yeah. But it, mm-hmm. it's weird enough that it actually took me out of the movie the second time I watched it. Me too. Because I, I turned to my wife was and I was like, there's a heart attack or just distracted. Yes. All the, no, no. It was because I knew he was supposed to die to a health related issue. And I was like, there is no conceivable way that someone looks like this. And <laughs> their 1800 medical doctor, uh, you know, team hasn't picked up something yet yeah like absolutely red flags <laughs> absolutely absolutely no that's that's totally fair uh, uh so that's the that's the hottest do we have um do we have some what the fuck moments yeah i think my what the fuck was actually talked about already <laughs> where her hand comes off like a fucking oh yeah glove. like a glove yeah that's for yeah, sure that okay. has a yeah, medical sure. that has a medical name what is it? What, it, what is it? No, I, I, this is sorry, not joking around anymore. Okay. This is called degloving. It is no a, way. Yes, it is a actual. It is a thing that a lot of EMTs prepare for because it is. It happens more often than you may want it to happen in things like auto accidents, because oh you are going from an arm which is very tubular and straight to a wrist which is very obstructive. And the thing that's going to give way first in a wrist is skin. Damn. That's... I mean, this is a horror podcast, right? There's a little bit of horror for you. And we sure learned is. something. Go to bed with that, kids. If you're getting yanked <laughs> out of your car window at 70 miles an hour, that's what's going to go first. There's going to be a degloving. Yeah, There's wow. Probably going to, if, it, if your arm gets caught on anything, that's what you're going to, yeah. Oops. So is that the only what the fuck moment in this whole movie you think? Or, or no, is there I more? Have one other one. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I don't I have a fear of like I don't I'm not a I don't get scared of a lot of things in horror movies, but I have fear of animals. 
like killing people mm. and when the dog bites her on the leg i literally was like oh fuck i was like mm. that bitch should be more afraid of dogs than she is she is not afraid enough of that mm. dog but that was the other what the fuck moment for i me. know she's feeding it kobe kobe steak at the beginning oh, of the yeah. movie six hundred dollars a portion or whatever <laughs> and that dog was like no nah, i want to eat human have you tried kobe me have i tried human? human it's really hard to come by you know it's very expensive yeah but you guys live in Ithaca. There's God, the farmers markets there are. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be something. Wait, are you guys talking about eating human yeah. or Kobe beef? How okay, many? How many people are out there like, oh my God, like cremation is so unsustainable. When I die, I want to go to Whole Foods or Wegmans or like, come on. Harry, what's your what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, my what the fuck moment, of course, was the what I've now learned is called a degloving. Um, <laughs> I don't know, just to take a sort of an alternative take on it, the, I mean, you know, waltzing right into a courtroom, uh, you know, down the center aisle, this like big, you know, publicized trial, uh, just to say kind of nothing, like that felt very kind of what the fuck to me too, you know, like really, it it did take me out of the film in, in, a, in a bad way, so I, I guess that's that's probably it. Um, that leaves me. I, I'm, I'm right there with Harry, the walking into the courtroom. I like, I mm -hmm. was, I was waiting for a U-turn at the letter writing at the beginning. I'm like, this can only go on for so long and then it'll stop and then it'll resolve like fine. And then it doesn't. And I'm like, all right, we're waiting. And then as soon as she crosses that barrier and again, doesn't get tased to a pile of dust. It, I was like, God damn it, the ending is bad. Like, it's one of those mm. King stories. It's a King where ending, man. The ending is bad. And I was like, eh, but that's why that's why we play this game. Like, that's why we pull the arm on the slot machine. That's right. Can I play a game called uh, What Do You Think the Movie Says On? Can we call the game Harry's Game? Yes. Yes. <laughs> whatever game. you just said that I already forgot. <laughs> I, I didn't forgot like. too. I thought that was a bad idea. And you're right. It's called Harry's Game, and you're going to have to re-explain what the premise is because I already forgot what your title no, was, the idea which already I'm explained the game. I'm just going to throw out a topic or idea, and I want y'all to to chime in on what do you think the movie says on that? Like, like, mm, does okay. that make sense? Yeah. All right. So, so, so we're just, is this called this... Name That Director's Intent? Yeah, kind of. But I okay. thought we just called it Harry's Game. So we're going to call it. <laughs> it is called Harry's. Sorry. It's called Harry's Game. And the subtitle is Name That Director's Intent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love so, it. So are you ready? Here we go. Uh, first one, marriage and communication. Sorry, we don't have buzzers. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you can. Hold on, wait. Zoom has a hand. I, I can see I've done hand. this wrong. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Ready, ready, ready. <laughs> did it. I did it. Oh my god. Oh, you have yes. a buzzer. Go ahead. Good. Good. All right. Uh marriage and communication. Um communication is extremely necessary for a working relationship, uh, especially a marriage, especially a sexual marriage. And if um oh my god, Zoom says, looks like you're done talking, so we'll lower your hand. <laughs> <laughs> far Sorry. from it zoom thanks zoom <laughs> we're just getting warmed up um communication is extremely necessary in a relationship especially if that relationship has something to do with counter alternative sex and that if you don't communicate you'll die on top of your wife and leave her to her own devices <laughs> to discover herself 
Love it. Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with you. Yeah, I think communication is uh, not a thing that happens in this movie. And if you watch this movie, you should be like, well, fuck, I should just go to my partner right now and tell them all my trauma in one go. <laughs> just just a trauma dump. Um, yeah, so I think that like, because I feel like if she had also been able or maybe felt comfortable mm. enough because clearly he didn't create that space for her to like talk about being molested uh sex might be still complicated but a little bit uh less traumatic they both need to talk to each other yeah and not only will uh, your partner die of a heart attack on you but you'll be degloved Yep. Oh, that's ah. inevitable. Degloving <laughs> is an inevitable conclusion inevitable. to miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Yep. In marriage. That's why none of our boomer parents have skin on their hands. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? I was always folks? wondering that. Why? Have you, it was, that's the weirdest thing about people above 55. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That just that fucks me up every time I go home to see my folks. It's always one hand too, and they wear a glove. I'm so confused. I don't get it. It's this yeah. Anyways, All right. is there another is there another question? Oh, I've got another one for game? you. Sex in older age. Love that we are seeing that in this movie. I love that they are older. Uh they're hot. They are tr- like I wish that we saw her wanting to have sex as much as he seems to. However, the only moment we get is when she says to him, you know, you haven't touched me in months. So clearly she wants it, but I just wish we had a little more, but I love that it is older people. And like, what, what are we thinking? Like forties, fifties? I don't know how, she looks younger than she is. I don't know, fifties. I got fifties, but that's because I'm now in my mid thirties, and I'm like, yeah, that that's definitely fifties, where it's probably for <laughs> right. I don't know. He looks facial wise older, ab wise younger. <laughs> well, he's Fair. he's Canadian, so it's just taking him a long time to get old. <laughs> Harry, I feel like you need to answer these questions too. Yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying just posing these things. <laughs> uh, um... You are a pose. Holy shit, Bruce Greenwood is. Fuck me running 67 years old. Wow. That's crazy. Pushing 70, that guy. That's crazy. Damn. Unbelievable. Um, I think it's a movie of, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it says much more than just like, you know, as you get older, um, and, and as you, you know, like maybe something about like long-term committed relationships needing to find, uh, ways that like ways of of engaging in sex that feel new and refreshing um other yeah and 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 just again like coming back to that idea that like it needs to be like a like a joint venture it can't be like uh like a single solitary thing pushed on another person right Mm -hmm. um but again though you know couples that are of that age you know, and I'm going to stereotype a little bit here, but I think that there's not as much understanding of that need for communication among among the that age group. You know what I mean? I think that's very much like a thing that's become popular more recently than um, than that, which I think is kind of interesting. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And my last one. Erectile dysfunction. 
It's a bummer. It happens. Yeah. But he should have told her that he was taking it. Viagra. It should have been he? a joint. It should no. He, there's the there's the dialogue where he says, "I never told you about those little blue pills." And she's like, yeah, until I discovered that you were taking him. And then he's like, yeah. And then at that point, I figured you already knew. So I never even mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Are we to infer that the Viagra is what killed him? No, I don't think so. This felt, again, it could be the six pack talking. Um, Bruce Greenwood's <laughs> not the one I had before this podcast. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be that. I think this was supposed to be like a sudden aneurysm thing. Mm. That this was some kind of fluky thing because he had taken them prior to. But he took them again. Yeah, that's why I thought he it took was him two. two times. Mm-hmm. And I only take two at once. <laughs> no, but I, I, I thought that we were trying to maybe subtly say that he was abusing the Viagra for some reason, for like some oh, wow. kind of... That's what I thought too. Even the one I did not. Why didn't I see the two times? I did not see the. I did not see the two times. I thought the menacing thing was was like the again the only soundtracking that happens in this entire movie are like little notes of menacement, but that the the menacement was supposed to be like the impending sex is going to happen to you sound and not like oops I took two pills. I don't know. Um, I, de- I definitely saw him take like multiple doses of Viagra before trying to have sex. With her. Okay. And I, I thought very they were well could have been getting popcorn that... at that moment. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I thought that's all I had. That's it. I don't. This is yeah. This has been Harry's game. <laughs> Less uh, you know, violent than Gerald's game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. I still got. I got all the skin left on both my hands. Yeah. So. You've not been degloved. <laughs> I, well done, Harry. Does that mean I win Harry's game or I wasn't committed enough? Did I lose Harry's game? Does anyone win the game? <laughs> oh, I just lost oh, the game. Oh, you son of a fuck. I knew it was going to happen. God damn it. I you can't believe knew. we just got through this whole discussion of Gerald's game and none of us wow. lost the game. That is, that's kind of remarkable. That's pretty well.